What up? This is Dart Adams, and this is the return of Dart Against Humanity. I think I've explained it before that Dart Against Humanity is in its final season. This is episode 76. It's going to run into episode 100, and then it's going to be a wrap. I felt like I pretty much said everything, done everything, and anything else I do from now should be adapted to either book form or some type of long form video format or something else in that realm. So again, this is going to be the last season of this podcast. It's going to run 25 episodes. That's an episode a week. So it's going to finish off uh, sometime in October, I think. Now, what's happened in the interim? What's happened in the time that we've been gone? Well, for one thing, we are in day 49 of a quarantine due to the um, outbreak of the COVID-19 virus. At first, because we have an idiot in office and his entire staff and cabinet are all morons. At first, they said, let's quarantine for two weeks. I knew that that was a problem because the early information that we got was that uh, COVID-19 can live within a human host, even if they are asymptomatic, for between 14 and 17 days, can be on surfaces for 14 to 17 days, or 17 days uh, was what I heard. Also heard that it's a respiratory uh, virus. It affects your breathing, everything else. Tell everybody the symptoms, what to look out for. And early on, a lot of people didn't even realize they were infected and spreading it. And then they said, you don't need to wear a mask if you're not infected. Then they said, no, no, no. After the numbers came back, everybody wear a mask. Now, anybody was paying attention to what was happening in Asia, where even when they had their initial um, other viruses before specifically COVID-19 happened, they had people wearing masks already. So I already knew that if this is something that spread through droplets or coughing or breathe, being in close quarters with someone, and it is in a sense airborne, that we weren't going to go too long without just the advisory everyone wear masks. So people going out not wearing masks, thinking, hey, I don't have to wear a mask, completely ignoring reality and common sense and science. And I feel as though that's because we have a bunch of idiots in office. If we had people that were competent and we didn't, we, if the Trump administration hadn't defunded uh, the CDC or hadn't took back things against the USDA, all these regulatory necessary regulatory bodies that affect directly affect our public, our health and well-being. It puts us all at risk. And now at date 49, tomorrow will be day 50 of the quarantine. Uh, we're looking at a death toll that exceeds the Vietnam War. So that's where we're at with it right now. Again, this podcast has been on hiatus for months. So the thing is that I was working up to I was pitching a couple of projects, had one already in the works, had a book I was trying to um, to move to uh, uh, different uh, literary agents and publishers and stuff, tough stuff of that nature. Everything's been pushed back. So. That means that the book I was trying to sell likely wouldn't go into production anytime soon anyway. And if I had sold it, then everything would have been halted and I would have been really fucked up. Um, so I guess it's a blessing that the process took so long. So it didn't get bought or it didn't get into acquisition or anything like that. Well, you know, that's pretty, that's, that's kind of, um, you know, I, I kind of lucked out. I'm currently writing a book, a semi-autobiographic book 
uh, called Night Work. Uh, from what I'm hearing from publishers and and since there's been so many furloughs and layoffs and manpower's down and the entertainment industry, people's getting laid off left and right. Revenue ain't ain't popping. Um, pretty much what that means is that if I wanted to put this book out, I wouldn't even have to, I would, shouldn't even bother trying to pitch it to somebody and sell it. I might as well just self-release this shit. So likely what's going to happen is I'm going to try to finish night work before the summer and then just probably self-release it, edit it and self-release it. Um, I write somewhat fast. So, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a short book. Likely it's going to be between 144 and 150 pages. I don't want I don't want I don't want to kill people. I don't want to kill people with this story. It's set in a specific time period. But anyway, um moreover about COVID, right? The quarantine. When it first happened, they were telling people, "Hey, quarantine and and when you do uh you'll come you should uh start working on stuff and become creative and when you come out of it you'll be better off because you'll have a skill and this and this and you would have worked on this look that's just not that's not something that's really realistic for everyone everybody has a different coping mechanisms everybody has their different um situations. So sometimes somebody's going to be just in hell having to deal with all the shit that's hitting the fan right now. And then some people are going to be in more comfortable situations where they can do that. So, you know, it's and then this is a time to be creative and productive. Not everyone can be productive under these circumstances. Let's put it this way. Right now I'm being very productive given the circumstances. I'm doing okay. That wasn't the case all the time. I definitely went through an early period of, you know, some level of anxiety, some level of just having all this uh, nihilism wash over me. Like, yo, all this work I did these first 44 years of my life, and this could possibly be the way I die. Alone in an apartment from a from a uh, infection or virus or disease that I didn't see coming because early on you were reading things about somebody could be okay, they're totally fine, didn't have any symptoms, anything happened, and then two days later they're in the hospital, and then two days later they're hooked up to a, a ventilator, and then they're gone. You know, and that was March. Mid-March. And I'm like, yo, what is happening? And it just seems like the walls are closing in. And I, I 2020 was supposed to be my big year. And I had all this momentum from the book. And I was doing all these different appearances. And my book was in different colleges and universities uh, as part of their curriculum. And people wanted me to come and do speaking engagements. And I was finally going to get my in to finally go to like these different universities and possibly, you know, get my opportunity to become an adjunct professor or work on these other projects. And then people were bringing me things and I finished something. I really hope it actually does end up, you know, getting produced. There's no guarantee. May was supposed to be when it got launched. However, one of the places that I really wanted to launch it to just had a whole bunch of layoffs. So everything is kind of up in the air. However, since then, you know, I've kind of gotten it together. I've gotten a few offers, gotten, gotten some work out there, wrote a piece, wrote a piece here and there, uh, did a, did a joint for, um, okay player that did really well. About the uh, 30th anniversary of a Tribe Called Quest album. I did another piece recently that went, I just posted straight on Medium because it was really long and I didn't want anybody to edit it or, 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 or um, do, do anything to it in any way, shape, or form because I thought that I could do it better myself and it was going to be super long. 
So I did a, a 25th anniversary piece for uh, The Infamous by Mob Deep. They did really well on Medium, which is funny because Medium is often where uh, rap journalism goes to die. It's like an elephant graveyard for pieces a lot of the times. But I guess given the momentum from the stuff that I've been doing online, you know, and then, of course, now you have DJs and different entertainers using um, IG Live, something that I've never used before, something I thought I'd never use. And I figured, fine, if I'm going to be so since then, I've been doing a bunch of IG Lives. I've been doing a bunch of um, video conferencing. I've been doing Zoom calls, all these things I never was going to do before due to the nature of the world now where we're all sequestered. I haven't seen my family since March. I haven't seen my my big sister. I haven't seen her since March. I haven't seen my um, younger brother since probably February, you know, and we text you know, we go back and forth. We have our, our family text to check in on each other and everything. But it's not the same as seeing your family. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen my barber since early since early March. No. Yeah. I haven't seen my barber since early March. My barbers. So I'm trying to hang in there. Uh, but, you know, in this day and age, we're doing all these lives and, and all these video calls. So I got to be on screen. And that's if you don't know, my career started. I wanted people to focus on what I wrote and the content of what I did. It sounds like um, Martin Luther King Jr. over here. But I wanted people to focus on what I did as opposed to what I looked like, because I saw the dynamic of when people read your words versus when they see your face or see your appearance and it doesn't match up with the words they see how they react. I saw how people reacted when they saw um, Byron Crawford bowl, when they saw that man in a video versus what he wrote and how he wrote and how his voice was, they, their reaction was immediate. They were like, what? And then like, I saw how people responded to certain women when they wrote. And then when they saw them, how their reaction was different and how they treated them was different. And I remember back in the days how people reacted to Ghostface Killer when they couldn't see his face. They had no idea what he looked like. And all they could go off of was the content of his words and his rhymes and stuff like that. You couldn't market them but a certain way because... But when he took the mask off and now you could see him it's like, all right, now we know how we could package him. We could put him on single covers. We could put him on album covers. You know, it's the same thing that happened with, you know, oh, we know what we can do with Nas. We know what we can do with Method Man. Oh, this singer. Yeah, her. We know what we can do with her. Mona Lisa. We're going to put her up against Brandy. You know, we know what we can do with Elias for styling. All these things, your parents have to, all matters when it comes to media. And I just wanted people to just focus on the shit I was writing. So I was like, I made a conscious decision early on. I was just going to write, 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 write. And then I know the other component of media that if I wanted to get the money, now they call it securing the bag. Around 2010, I already knew I'm finally just going to come out and just like reveal my face. You know what I'm saying? Because people will start talking. They thought I was like a 300 pound white guy who was pretending to be black, who lived in a basement. And, and or I was a group of people who were writing, pretending that they were one person because no one person can know all that random shit. I've explained that before. But the reason I'm telling the reason I'm rehashing this is because. I was always somebody who didn't want to just like focus on me and what I look like and stuff like that. And then I just got past it. I was like, fuck it. Just in this day and age, in this time right now, people want to see you because they can't see their own family members a lot of the times. You know what I'm saying? They can't. They got people in the hospital they can't see. So if they've been reading you for years 
They've been hearing your voice for years in podcasts. You can at least do them the courtesy of showing the fuck up. So I do it. And I don't even think about it anymore. I don't care. Because everybody, everybody looking, not everybody, some of y'all looking really, really good considering it's been almost two months, you know, seven, seven weeks since y'all been anywhere near a barber or an esthetician or somebody to do your nails, you know, or, or a hairdresser, unless you could do it yourself. You know, and y'all holding up fairly well. Some of y'all, not everybody, some of y'all, I'm not in the group. People are like, hey, you you look like you're hanging in there. And I'm like, dude, I have, this ain't, I'm not, no. You know what I'm saying? I'm at like 62.5%. Peak Dart Adams. So basically what I've been doing a lot of is trying to figure out ways to avoid going outside and risking it because I want to live. Not that I'm super afraid that something bad is going to happen, but I'm still cautious nonetheless because I want to make it out of this. Because everybody, everybody has shit to live for. Everybody does. But I really need this. This was going to be my breakout year. I was going to turn 45. I was going to do everything this year. 44 is supposed to be like, is a, 44 is a master number. And that year was going to be full of me just leveling up. And it was for a good portion of it, about six months. Then everything went to shit. I'm trying to turn that shit around. I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get back that energy. Um, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm getting there, but I want to finish it. You know, I, I'm crossing. I'm crossing the dude over, but, you know, I want to hit the jumper, too. I want to finish. I want to get the layup. I want to get the and one. I'm not comfortable with crossing the dude over and people going, oh, I don't care about that. I want to I, I want to get the basket. So basically what I've been doing a lot of is um, trying to figure out ways to, you know, Get certain things I need, certain um, you know, groceries, stuff like that, um, to avoid as human contact as much as possible. Because again, I don't want to chance anything. I had a stretch of twenty straight days where I didn't leave the house, but I had two things of grocery sent. One of them was from my sister. Thank God. Um, she didn't tell me. She was just like, yo, I ordered groceries. I'm sending them to you. They're coming at this time. I'm like, wait, what? She was like, yeah. And I'm like, cause she's a mom. And I'm like, yo, you're overly concerned about this. And she shut me up. She was like, look, listen. And she explained situations that other people were going to in her and her trepidation about things. And she was like, I know that you live alone and you're this person and you're working all the time, but you, I know you and you don't necessarily value, you know, doing certain things like you should. So I want to make sure that you come out of this so I don't have a, a, you know, a guilty conscience about anything. And there are other people who have families that they can't take care of in this way, shape or form. So let me do this basic thing for you. I'm like, all right, you know what? I get you. You're right. I totally understand. So stocked up and then we get every report that quarantine's going to go on longer. Quarantine's going to go on longer. I already knew because, again, I'm a Gen Xer and somebody who grew up reading a lot of sci fi, reading a lot of um, medical journals. And I follow all the um viruses and diseases and all that stuff because again I write my hope is that one day I'm going to be able to get into graphic novels and comic book movies and shit like that so I study all these things because I want to have a wide basis possible knowledge basis possible to write about something and make it believable so you can suspend belief if you're the viewer or the reader these things are important to me 
So that means I know a whole bunch of shit I, ain't, I have no business knowing. And so I understand what's going on with the CDC. I've seen enough outbreak, contagion, zombie films from every region of the world. And I've actually read about what happens to, you know, other outbreaks of different things and what can possibly happen. Worst case scenarios, you know, the bullets that we've dodged in the past. And then you have the joint that might have different strains and different waves like COVID might. And that's what we're dealing with now. And the only way to actually live through this is to be realistic and start being proactive as opposed to reactionary. And it's easier to do when you don't have idiots in charge. It's easier to do when you have people who believe in science in charge. It's easier to do when you have people that actually somewhat care about the public in charge and not their own fucking agendas. Even though pretty much politicians always have an agenda. But, you know, there are extremes. Some politicians seem to behave like Cobra Commander as opposed to public servants or leaders of the free world. Lex Luthor, this shit wouldn't have gone this way even though that motherfucker's evil. You know what I'm saying? Now, what have I been doing to cope and survive you know, what have I been doing in the offing? Well, I can't leave the house at midnight or 2 a.m. and walk all over the city like I usually do. So I do a lot of walking in my apartment. And it's not like I can go all around the building because I'm not 100% sure of what's being constantly cleaned. Even though I know we have um, a cleaning staff and stuff like that. And I'm paying rent. But again, we not. I usually, when I pay rent, I typically sign the check, whatever, take it to the office, hand it to the, hand it to the woman in the office, get a receipt by hand, walk. That shit's dead. So I pay my rent in a completely different manner now, contactless. You know, I paid, I pay my cable and internet contactless anyway, you know, so that's whatever. But a whole bunch of things have changed, you know, like events. Oh, I got to go to this. I got to go to this. I'm probably going to pretend I'm going to go to this and then not go. And now there's no events to go to. I had so many goddamn shows I was going to be at and go to. You know, I was going to run around with my hood rat friends. You know, I, w- I was supposed to this April. I was supposed to uh, I was supposed to run around with. um Little brother, you know, may I supposed to be be having fun, having big fun with the wretched, you know, hanging out with run the jewels and shit, you know, do all this stuff with all my friends at, at Boston Calling. None of that's happening. <laughs> For the longest, inbound has been emailing. Like, so this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And I'm like, bro, y'all, I don't know if it's, I don't know if y'all happening, man. I don't know if inbound's happening, man. I'm, I don't know if inbound is happening. And a huge convention center where all the space inbound last year was great. We saw everybody. It was packed full of people from all over the world. I don't think that's going to happen. Given what needs to go down. When you look in Asia, in different countries in Asia, they have different machines, different checks, uh, Things you don't have to contact and press with your hands. Um, They've made all these different um, changes and adjustments 
so that when you go to a store or something like that, you're not breathing on somebody. You're not touching the hand. They're wearing gloves like in health, food and sanitation. It's like that now when you go to CVS or go to a Shaw's. They have a big plastic case in front of you and the person. You can't bring bags from home, which is crazy, too, because they've been pushing this um, reusable bag thing. And now I can't bring re my reusable bags. Or if I do, I got to bag shit myself because I can't touch that bag that came from your home because I don't know if you have COVID. We're treating everybody like they have COVID-19, which is the safe thing to do. But what have I been doing? Um, of, again, there's Apple Plus, there's Netflix, there's Hulu. Um, so what have I been doing lately? A uh, big thing I've been doing is, you know, catching up on stuff I didn't watch before. I ended up, uh, there's the show Dollar. I had never watched before. I had it on my list. I watched Dollar. It's pretty good. There's Scams. Scams, I believe, is from Korea. It's um, Scam, and the S is a dollar sign. Um, I watched that, I think, after um, I got into Itaewon class. It's from South Korea. It came on every week. So every week it would come out and it would come on at um at noon Eastern Standard Time every day, every week. Like it would come on twice. So it would have a Friday episode, Friday at noon, Saturday at noon. And it did that until it was like on episode 17 or something, something crazy. But I got really into that. This amazing um South Korean drama. That was really good. Um, Devs, I saw recently on Hulu. That series. That takes a lot. To, that takes a lot. It's not for everyone. You know, like if you're really into like sci-fi and you understand the themes that are happening in it, you'll enjoy it. But, you know, it's crazy because I've seen a lot of people fall off of Westworld. And Westworld didn't get to really fully execute the plan that they had. Like, I feel like with Westworld, people are like, all right, we like that season. Okay, this season, what's happening? And this season, okay, they've just gone off the rails. I don't get it at all. So I think the devs is short enough where it's like, all right, we we got the idea across. Um Movie that came that hit Netflix that I really enjoy. I've seen it several times. It's really good. Aaron Sorkin on um, Molly's Game. It's probably one of the best performances by Idris Elba in his recent career. The dialogue and pacing are amazing. The storytelling in it is A1. It's up there with when I used to watch um uh The Social Network. The way social network is paced, although the women's roles are really weak in a lot of ways, they're just there for window dressing. And Molly's game is a completely different story. And it's like, I feel like he really redeemed himself in that way. But the way he adapted this book is it's inspirational if you're a writer. Um, the Beastie Boys story, amazing documentary on Apple Plus, on Apple TV. Um, LA Originals, amazing documentary on um, Netflix. Uh, I recently found, because um, I didn't watch the first season, this comedy from the UK, Man Like Mo Bean. Um, it kind of reminds me of people just do anything, of people that don't do anything, of people just do anything. Um, and then there's this other uh, UK show about a, um, a teacher but it reminds me of um, AP Bio, the show AP Bio, which I think got canceled. I really liked AP Bio. I think it's going to end up being one of those shows that um, ends up like a cult classic. But I can't remember the name of it, but it's a UK show. I think it ran three seasons about a classroom. And then, of course, there was um, School Life, which is the movie about um, France and the school. But it's like there's another movie about us younger school children in France and teachers and stuff like that. And sometimes I get those confused. But um, Man Like Mobine, it's a comedy, 
but there's enough violence and stuff that happens in it that makes you kind of forget. Like, like you'll be laughing, and all of a sudden something really serious happens. Like, oh, yo, that can happen. Did somebody just die? You know, so that's wild. Um, extracurricular, which is new, which is another Korean series that's really out there. That's crazy. It's about a high school student who, like, everybody sleeps on. They think he's just, like, nice and normal. And he's involved in some crime. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's kind of dope. Um, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, which is also um, on Apple, Apple TV. That was really good. Um, the High Fidelity series on Hulu. I actually enjoyed that. I thought it was dope. Um, How to Fix a Drug Scandal on Netflix, which is about two women who completely fucked up the entire, uh, all a bunch of drug court cases in Massachusetts, Boston and Massachusetts. And yo, they did some damage. And that blew my mind because I've read about this in a paper every day. It affected people because Boston is not a big city. I mean, it's a big city, but it's not big, big. And, you know, where you have six degrees of separation in cities like New York, Chicago, L.A. And Boston, it's like 1.5 to 2. You know somebody who knows somebody who knows that person. Like straight like that. So this affected people that we knew. Um, Black AF, which a lot of people really had... Venom for because again Kenra, Ken, Kenya Barris rightfully so he pretty much gets on the low block and does the turnaround jumper you know he does the race humor with the light skinned kids and the mixed wife and he's really good at that because pretty much blackish is kind of his story so black AF is really his story because it's about him and then, like, you know, every show he does seems to follow the same theme. And people just have issues with, um, you know, colorism and him being a one-trick pony. But he addresses all of these things in the series. So all the shit that you're mad at him about, that you hate, that you hate him for, and rightfully so, you critique him about, he fucking tears himself apart about it in the show. And the show's actually funny. But, you know, everybody's not going to want to watch it. So, you know, just reconcile it with that. Like, I don't try to sell people on it. Because, again, people are going to do what they want. And people like what they want. And people want to be mad. They want to be mad. This is is what it is. I'm not going to try to kill myself trying to convince you otherwise. Um, I am not okay with this. Short series, Netflix, pretty good. Didn't expect it to go the way it went. Um, I've always been salty about the way um, sci-fi and I guess the show to channel uh, sci-fi didn't finish or give us at least a final season of um, Dark Matter. I really needed that um, closure for Dark Matter. I thought Dark Matter was a great show. So... I was so salty about that that I refused to watch Killjoys. I th- I was like, fuck Killjoys. I'm not watching that bullshit. And um, I don't remember what it was. Somebody posted something on Twitter and it was a, a scene from Killjoys. And it made me like, it made me think, wait a minute. Let me let me maybe give this show a, sh- a shot. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. At the time, I had a project in front of me. I had finished it. And I was like, I, I don't sleep. So I was like, let me kill some time. Let me watch season one of Kill uh, of Killjoys. So I pull up on demand, go to sci-fi. I watch season one of Killjoys. And I'm like, yo, um, this show is a lot better than I th- thought it was. Fuck it, I'll watch season two. Watch season two. Hey, yo, this is pretty good. 
by season four, I'm really committed to see it through. To see it through, it's only fifty episodes. It's ten episodes a season. I say only to most people. They're like, "What?" I don't sleep. So if you give me a project or something to do, like people give me research shit to do, and they're like, "All right, so this should take this and this and this amount of time," and I get it done thoroughly in way less time than they expected. And they're like, how is that possible? I don't fucking sleep. I was going to research something anyway. I'm researching three things right now that I may never do. There's shit that I wrote that I could just knock out because I researched it the previous 18 months because I never knew I was going to write about this subject. And then people hit me up and say, hey, do you know anything about this? And I could just rattle off a whole bunch of stuff. And they're like, how do you know that? I don't sleep. But, um... Killjoys, I enjoyed. Uh, things that I like rewatching. Again, Halt and Catch Fire. I rewatched Halt and Catch Fire. Again, the last season I love. Um, most people don't really feel the same way I do about the newsroom. I love the newsroom. I watched certain episodes of the newsroom over and over again. I really love Travelers that was on Netflix. I watched that again. Um, I'll just watch random episodes of certain shows. Like, um, fucking, I don't know if y'all even know what the fuck this is. Um, Winona Earp, stuff like that. I'll just, I'll just like, I'll just watch that. Sometimes I just have stuff like that playing in the background. Uh, MCU movies. Uh, so I just, I do a whole lot of stuff like that sometimes. Um. Now, another thing, today is May 1st, 2020. Um, today might be the 30th anniversary of X-Clans to the East Blackwards being released. I say might be because I don't know if the release date is April 24th, 1990 or May 1st, 1990. Last week, a whole bunch of people were posting things. Hey, today is the 30th anniversary of X-Clans to the East Blackwards. I'm like, I don't remember that. And then I'm trying to figure out, why don't I remember if to the East Blackwards came out in April 1990? So I'm like, I remember albums that came out in April 1990 with my memory. Come on. I remember the day I was born. God damn it. So I sat down. I tried to figure this out. I know a Tribe Called Quest and Public Enemy came out the same day. I know they came out April 10th, 19, uh, 1990. I know that for a fact. I know when Ice Cube's album came out. I know when that happened because it was near the end of the school year. It was it was spring going into summer. It's finally getting hot. I remember the 1990 school year very well. Things were happening. Um, but I know that in the summer, everybody was pumping the X-Clan album. So like by June, July, August, the X-Clan album's everywhere. But I'm like, wait, it came out in April or did it come out in May? So I had to go do some research and I discovered that like the day it entered the the billboard charts and it entered low but the next week it jumped high so that tells me because again i've explained this to you for some odd reason um billboard used to report black music sales early and then the pop music sales rock music sales later in that week so phenomenons would happen where ll cool j's album would enter a week earlier than it normally should. Like what happened with Walking with a Panther. It entered a week too early. Because also um, back then Def Jam was releasing albums on Fridays. So it would, it would come out early. And then the next week it would jump 80 something spots. Because now the full amount is reported. Or phenomenons would happen where I've explained this before. Um, Beastie Boys debuted. On the top pop chart, on the top pop albums of the Billboard 200. And this also happened with um, Third Base. 
They debuted on the Billboard 200 of the top pop albums. And then the next week, they debuted in the um, top black albums. Because they were rap. Because they reported black sales earlier than they were supposed to. And they reported the pop album sales later. So you might appear with your full sales numbers. And then the next week you appear you appear with your full sales numbers, which is just weird. But yeah, X Clans to the East Blackwards might have been released today. I'm looking at it. It doesn't go one, two, three, four. It goes zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then plus one. It's eleven songs on the album. Funkin' Lesson, Grab Verbalizer, What Time Is It, Tribal Jam, A Day of Outrage, Operation Snatchback, Verbal Milk, Earthbound, Shaft's Big Score, Raise the Flag, Heed the Words of the Brother, Verbs of Power, and In the Ways of the Scales. Now, what's crazy about this album is um, when you look up, when you try to look for when um, singles chart on the rap charts, you find Raise the Flag charting. And you're like, Raise the Flag, the single Raise the Flag came out in 1989. Why would it be charting now? Then you realize that the B-side for Raise the Flag is Heed the Word of the Brother. Raise the Flag didn't have a video. Heed the Words of a Brother did. When Heed the Word of a Brother started playing and it started getting some burn on the radio, um, and they started playing the video on Yom TV Raps and on BET, Rap City. Then it started selling. So it enters the rap charts on, I believe, May 5th, 1990 in Billboard. Low, like in the 20s. Because the chart went to 30 back then. They didn't give a fuck about us. Um, and then on the 19th, it finally enters the charts of the black, the black music charts low. But then the next week it jumps. It makes, a, it makes a huge jump from one week to the other. You know, so it's like, what? You're just sitting there like, wait a minute. So how did this jump so much? And you're just confused until and then you get to June. And when you get to June, it's really high. And I'm like, OK, I get it now. The album blew up after it came out. And then by the summer, it was hot and it was everywhere. And then we get to stuff like Funkin' Lesson. You know what I'm saying? People playing Grand Verbalizer, what time is it? Out of their cars. And then the next school year, you come back and people dressed in African medallions with crowns on their heads. And you have black watch chapters and colleges and universities all over the place. And then X-Clan starts, you know, releasing the solo albums. Queen Mother Age, Isis, you know, um, there was P Professor X in the years of the nine. Was that everybody? Queen Mother Rage. Queen Mother Rage. I can't remember what her album was called. She had like a um, she had like a lisp when she rapped, and she rapped really slow. Then you had um Isis, aka Link Hugh. Uh, her album was called Rebel Soul. Again, I said um, Professor X, in the years of the nine, and his next album is called Puss in Boots. But by then, nobody cared. But the production on that first um, Professor X album was bananas. Bananas. They gave him some slaps on that album. And it's funny because like, I try to talk to people about it and they just stare at me like, what? But everybody remembers this record. It didn't go gold. So that didn't help me when I was going to look for a release date. You know, you, you have your little crutch, even though it's not always 100% um, accurate. Go to RIAA, you know, gold and platinum. 
did that. It was like, man, we this ain't gold. This ain't gold, gold, fam. What you doing? You better go dig. So I did. So that album was released either April 24th, 1990, or likely May 1st, 1990. And then it hit the charts May 19th, 1990 on Billboard, and then blew up going into June, and then through July. So yeah, um, there's been a lot of instances where I've been somewhat trepidatious of risking things and leaving the house. One being that about 20 days in, I said I've been in the house, I wasn't at one stretch, I was in the house for 20 days without leaving. On the 20th day, I ran out of dishwashing liquid. Now, I'm thinking to myself, how important is dishwashing liquid? Is it important enough where I risk life and limb to go get more dishwashing liquid? I can possibly risk getting infected. And I'll be damned if I do get COVID and I, someone explains to me why, how, how, did, how did this happen? Likely. Well, I had to leave the house because I ran out of dishwashing liquid. Can you imagine how fucking dumb that would be? So I kind of, you know, battled back and forth with, do I need just, then I realized like all the cooking I'm going to do, do all the stuff I need to do. It's a necessity. I need dishwashing liquid. So put on a mask. I, I washed my hands so much in the last um, 50 days that I could do surgery and I don't know how to, but I could. I'm that hygienic. And so again, I go out, but the thing is that I hadn't been out in three weeks. So when I did go out to these places, I'm realizing they have all these measures in place. Stand here, do this. The case is completely covered up. The employees, there's no contact with the employees. Um, wash your hands here, do this. So I'm like, you know what? I feel kind of better about this as opposed to back in early April when I did leave the house those two times. And it was like, yo, it was a free for all. Some people got masks on, some people don't. Some people are observing social distancing, some ain't. And I'm like, y'all just don't care out here. And then you got the people that are just slathering on um, disinfectant. And I'm like, that's not, that's not how this works. It's just like people are just out here. And the thing is, it's like everybody's trying to keep it together. They don't want anything to like escalate or devolve into something from a, um, a sci-fi movie. So we're holding on and we're holding out hope that things turn around. And it's crazy because I kind of get to catalog what happens throughout the life of this podcast. Hopefully by the time we get to uh, the summer, we might be seeing uh, a decline in, you know, the amount of infected or the dead or we might have some of the resources that we'd been hoping that we would have had sooner had our government been proactive and not acted like this was a big joke or something that was just going to evaporate and go away when the weather got better. That is extremely ignorant and dismissive of facts, data, and science. And it put millions at risk. Corporations who were trying to get as much money, squeeze as much money as they could so that they didn't have to tell their shareholders, yeah, um, shit's gone to shit, y'all. Uh, completely. Shit is completely gone to shit. And 
in turn expose thousands upon thousands of families potentially to COVID-19 because they didn't observe every necessary thing and get people tested or put the health of their employees above the bottom line. Oddly enough, you know, since everybody's sequestered and staying in, my book is doing, you know, surprisingly well, you know, and it's good to have people hit me and tell me that they enjoy the book and stuff like that. And and they like it. Like. It's insane to think that, like, in some way, I'm helping people get through this because I'm working my ass off to, to keep my head up, to keep myself positive and get myself through it, too. And that helps me. And if I can help other people out there, then, you know, that's a humbling. I'm just appreciative that I'm still here and that people actually what I did resonates with people. It passed the six months, um, the six month marker. Uh, um, I think this month. So, yeah, the eighth of this month. Um, well, last month, because it's May 1st now. So April 8th, it was um, out for six months. So this is going to be seven months. It's out next week, next Friday. That's insane. Anyway, so episode 76, Dart Against Humanity is back. This is the last season. And hopefully y'all rock with me. To the end, 25 episodes, we get to 100, it's a wrap. We out of here. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. Try to be good to each other. This is not the zombie apocalypse. Hopefully we'll be back by summer. One.